When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads. Today's guest is Maria Rupetskia, and she is a world-traveling, edge-pushing founder and creative director of a NYC-based motion design firm, Undefined Creative. Aside from producing award-winning promotional projects for the NHL, NBC Universal, Better Homes and Gardens, and other major brands, she's published. Uh, she's a published thought leader who is regularly shares our insights with readers on Fortune, Fast Company, Entrepreneur, and others. She's also a huge proponent of giving back to the world. So she takes on and encourages pro bono work for charitable and non-profit organizations. Today's interview is going to be focused on how she built her design career how she incorporates travel into her life and how she really fully embodies that balanced life where you give back, you build a company you love, as well as, you know, uh, seeing the world while you're doing that. So welcome to the show. Thank you. So Maria, we were uh, talking pre-show and you were telling me about your background. You said you came from St. Petersburg. You were born in St. Petersburg and then you uh, moved to New York City around 89? Yeah, so um, my my family is Russian, um, and my mom and I came to the States in 89, settled in Brooklyn, and uh, I've been in and around New York um, on and off ever since. And since then, you've traveled, you've then gone on to travel to, uh, I believe, the count is 60 countries now. Yep, yeah. Some people call it passion, some people call it addiction. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it There's different words to describe it. Um, I call it a hobby. <laughs> well, then, no, no, I'm just curious. I'm curious by that, by that though. What, why the fascination with travel? Why, why do you have that desire to just see different parts of the world? Well, I think honestly, part of it comes from my background because um, I grew up in you know what what is now the former Soviet Union, but um, at the time it was uh, very much communist and very much Soviet, and. Um, we didn't actually have much opportunity to travel. Um, you know, 
behind the iron curtain, the best that you could do um, was maybe get out to some of the other communist black countries. Um, but even growing up as a kid, there's a sense of, you know, the entire world and everything that's cool about it is sort of, it's sort of off limits. Um, and I think I've just had this natural curiosity. I grew up around books. So I read about places like Easter Island when I was, you know, six or seven and was absolutely fascinated. Um, and so when I realized that, um, I've got a career and, uh, some spare cash, um, that was, that was the first thing I thought of. Right. Right. No, I, I can imagine. And I think, um, you know, I love the fact that you said you, you basically just, you know, you tapped into that curiosity you've always had and then you sort of just did it. You know, if you said some spare cash and you just took the first trip and then it became more and more, I guess your addiction sort of, sort of started to, to build as you saw a taste and got a taste <laughs> of what the world had to offer. Uh, but, but that's always interesting to me because I've had a lot of guests, um, and I've interviewed a lot of people and then a lot of times when people like yourself start getting that travel bug, it's, it's usually, having that bravery to take the first start because sometimes it's seated in them and they're like, I want to know what the world is like, but sometimes, you know, it takes years for them to get to the level where they can actually buy the visa and then travel. Yeah. Well, I thought it's small, you know, the, the first big, um, the first big trip I actually took was, um, taking my 13 or so year old car out to Denver and back when I was 18 and I had 600 bucks and it was my best friend and I, and we had three weeks and, I was the only driver, and we just said, well, we've never really been too far out of Brooklyn. Let's see what America looks like. <laughs> um, so, you know, a lot of the stuff was really pretty modest. Um, I went back to Russia to, to see my dad and to see what that country was like. Um, my first real international trip was London for maybe four nights, you know, <laughs> on some really crazy deals from American Airlines. Um and then, you know, slowly it got a little bit longer and a little bit more complicated. Yeah, no, no, I, I completely agree. And, and that's exactly what people have said. It, the, the, and I love that. We'll, we'll probably talk about that later on. But the reason why I wanted to set you up that way was because I wanted to give people a chance uh, to re- really learn about your background and know that, you know, you have sort of this diverse view of the world. And I think from an outside view, it probably has an impact on the way you, you know, you started your design career because it seems like you have. You know, you work with several brands, but you have a unique eye. So I wanted you to sort of paint that picture. What led you to design? Why was it your way to tap into your skill set? So um, what led me to design was chance. Um, I originally wanted to do fashion, actually. Um, But because I didn't want to stay in school in New York City, I wound up going to Philadelphia. Fashion wasn't offered as a major at that that, time. college so um, four years later I um, wound up picking up some computer skills and I stumbled on this thing called motion graphics that I never knew existed but the moment I found that I said oh wow this is perfect this is what I really wanted to do was you know animate shapes and colors and text and textures and you know um, and so I never actually had any formal like graphic design training I mean I had I would say color theory classes and um, composition and things like that but as far as sitting down and taking a formal typography course or graphic design course um it just so happened that i well so i think <laughs> I, had, I had a natural just a natural knack for this stuff you know and an eye for it and so most of it i just picked up on the job 
And, um, you know, now 20, 20 years later, after my first sort of foray into trying to design websites back in the 90s, um, I, I can't imagine having done anything else. No, I mean, I, that's great. And then I, the reason that I, I always love stories like that, because it's basically you're talking about how you self, you basically taught yourself all this stuff. And, and then, you, yeah, yeah. And then, and that, that also breaks barriers because many people will, will talk about wanting to break into a career, but not having the right credentials, but you sort of positioned yourself into that area by, you know, teaching yourself and equipping yourself with some of the, the soft skills needed. And then, you know, whether it's by accident or on purpose, you sort of became a creative director. Yeah. You know, I, everything that I, uh, all the technical skills that I have that are the cornerstone of my sort of day-to-day operations and the things that actually pay the bills, uh, the technical skills are the things that I'm absolutely self-taught. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I was reading a little bit about you and you said a piece of advice you would have followed early in your career was freelance more. Why? Well, I so I jumped ship on a full time job when I was twenty five, um, twenty five, twenty six, um, and I decided that I didn't want to work for anyone. And so um, at the time, my my boyfriend was also another motion graphics designer, and we decided that we were gonna you know try and start up a company. And of course, you know, we had no clients, we had no experience. Did a lot of on-site freelancing and um, learned so much in those two years working with different creative directors, going through different studios, um, just seeing how places operate and, um, you know, seeing, just being exposed to this. I mean, you know, in New York, there's no shortage of unbelievably talented people. And so um, working with um working with some of them was just an amazing, amazing education. And so the other thing was I finally got to set foot into studios that were sort of this, you know, I saw them kind of as a pinnacle of design at the time. And when they actually called me back and said, Hey, you know, we'd like for you to come and freelance for a couple of weeks. And then they called me back. Um, it's kind of like a real sense of accomplishment there. Uh, kind of, you know, like, wow, like, I'm, 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 I'm in the big leagues now. Yeah, no, I can really, really do this. Um, but the reason I say I wish I did it longer is the one thing I had no idea about um, back then was that, you know, the network that you build for yourself when you first start out is a very strong network. You know, that's when you're young. That's when you're going out drinking with people. That's when, you know, the, the, the sort of office atmosphere just lends itself to making really good connections. And as you get into your, you know, late twenties, early thirties, I'm towards my late thirties now, all of those connections that you've made go on to do big things. Right. And so a couple of years of of freelancing would have made the difference between, um, you know, the clients I have now and possible other clients that, that I can't even imagine. No. Um, yeah. So case in point, you know, one of our, yeah, like one of our great clients from for the last couple of years um, came came uh, via a producer whom I freelanced together with, you know, probably some 10 years ago, possibly more. So, you know, it was just, uh, there's something, there's something awesome about saying, hey, you know, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do my own thing and I'm certain about this, but um, there's also something to be said for ensuring that you have enough experience and exposure before you go out and do that. 
No, I, I hear you. And I, I love what you said because you, you know, you contributed to 99U and in, in your articles, because I was prepping for this interview, I was, I was going through a lot of your things. And one was titled, you're never too young or old to mentor, which ties into what you're saying here. And I, I believe you, you ended the last paragraph with, with something to the effect of your professional trajectory is undeniably nuanced. And you may question whether others can relate enough to offer valuable point of view but under the hood, your career or company struggles are less unique than they appear. That doesn't mean that you and your business aren't special. It just means you're not alone. And the great news is if you're willing to learn from these experiences and mistakes of others, you never know how much it can help you. So I think that's great. And I think to your point about freelance and earlier, it's the relationships that you form and, that you, and obviously the network that you build as a result of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and... You know, the, it's it's the, the, this idea that you never know where the people you know are going to wind up. Simple as that. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. You you built an amazing company on the undefined creative. You worked with um, inspired brands and brands that many of us are familiar with. You know, um, NHL being one of them, and a lot of all these people. How do you find that work life balance? Um, how how do you get to level where you stop apologizing for that? Well, I think a lot of it came about with just the way and the reasons why I wanted to start a company. A huge factor was I spent five and a half years working at one place where I had two weeks of vacation. And then, you know, year six, it was going to go up to three and then stay there for the rest of my life for as long as I worked with them. And I said, three weeks of vacation? Like, well, what is that? <laughs> like, I don't want to live like this. I don't want to live counting days off. Like, um, you know, I'm willing to work super hard and I'm willing to put in 12, 14 hour days when I have to, but when I want to get away, I'm going to get away. And so when I started the company, a lot of it really from, from the very beginnings, um, you know, was about like, I want to live in a way that just works with my, I mean, got even my, my body, right? Like we've got people who are night people, we've got people who are morning people. Um, like there's, there's a, a natural schedule that my, my body is happy with and I don't want to go against the green of that. So, you know, when I was sitting in the office, like I'm terrible between 2 PM and like 5 PM on a work day, I'm useless, right? I can get through it and I can power through it and I can get, you know, some extra coffee, but like by and large, unless I'm on the phone or, you know, meetings or I'm doing things that are a little bit more like social. And it don't require like a tremendous amount of like attention to detail. Like I can't do it, right? And so, you know, a lot of the the way that I, I wanted to work came from that. And so now that you know we're a company of three full time people, and we're trying to make sure that um, everyone sort of has hours that align. But also, you know, now we have clients who do expect people to be here from you know nine to five, nine to six. Um, it becomes a a slightly bigger challenge but uh for me because i'm the person who's always here to sort of um you know do the crazy 6 a.m or the 9 p.m when you know there was a need for it so a lot of it was just about you know kind of like even the little thing like uh, but mostly having to deal with i oh, it's gonna sound horrible it's like i don't want to be told when i'm supposed to work <laughs> you're horrible maria what 
Why? What? No, no, you no. Know, I, like, I, you know, it's like anybody who's ever worked in office down or like, you know, a, a real full-time situation, of, you know, we all know the feeling, right? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's nothing to do. It's 3 p.m. It's a beautiful day, but, you know, you're, you're still just sitting there. <laughs> well, I mean, it sounds to me like you, you took, you know, a hold of your narrative and then you forged ahead. And we'll talk to Maria... Rupitskaya, and she's a full-time creative entrepreneur, part-time industry expert. I would say full-time industry expert as well. But um, essentially, she's a lifelong artist in whatever discipline comes her way. With you know, Maria, you're you're you know you're this multifaceted person. You teach, you mentor. For those listening, she um, she teaches at NYU University of Arts, and and you've spoken at several places. But I'm very curious as to uh, this next this next point. Can you talk about your failures? You know, what have you learned from all those failures you've had? Because I imagine you've gotten a lot of them, but, you know, the, the beautiful thing about you, and, and I'm glad that you're laughing because that means that you're affirming what I'm saying, but the beautiful thing that I've learned about you from the short time that I've known you is that you're very open about these lessons. So I'm just curious as to what you would say um, you've learned from your failures. Wow. I, I wonder which one to pick. Uh, <laughs> well, I think... You know, I think the biggest, um, you know, and to the point of this conversation, speaking about entrepreneurship and, and you know, starting companies and, and uh, things like that. So Undefined is actually my uh, second company. Uh, my first company was tied into a couple of failures, um, one of which was that um, I don't feel it was a very successful company. And the second of which was that it was started with, um, you know, a then a boyfriend. And so when we parted ways, we split up the company and that was the end of that. And, um, you know, the reason I think that was a failure, um, was because I was incredibly naive about what running a business is going to be like. Um, I, I didn't think I was, if you were to ask me, I'd say, well, of course I get, you know, there's some admin stuff and there's things I'm going to need to do. But by and large, I started a company cause I wanted to be creative. Um, and the reality is, if that's all you want to do, don't start a company. <laughs> Just go out there and be creative. You know, get a creative job, be a freelancer, like, a hobby, like do your own thing. Yeah, but I wanted to start a company. There's all, all, all this other stuff that a company requires you doing. In particular, sales is is you know the big one because without sales and clients, you have no company. So, um, you know, looking back on it, like yeah, the company was around five years and stayed afloat and paid the bills, but um, seeing it now, it was like going to like homemade business school to figure out all the things that I 
screwed up on and didn't realize and did wrong. So that when I started to find, I could sit back and reflect and say, all right, clearly that, that was not working. What was wrong? Where did I screw this up? Um, and so, you know, just kind of taking all those lessons and saying, how am I going to do this better with version 2.0? No, I absolutely love that because it's the beauty of learning from your mistakes. And it's also the, the way that you took that failure, because I, I've certainly come to terms with that. And I've, I've had, I had a course that I launched and I thought it was going to be the most successful thing. And I got everybody excited. Um, the day that I launched it, crickets, no sales and everything. And it was because of what you were saying. I was like, you know, you said you you wanted to do something because of creativity. I just thought everybody wanted what I was I was offering with all the people I brought together, and I hadn't learned how to sell, <laughs> or I hadn't learned how to. <laughs> I, I right. just, yeah, I hadn't learned that because I'm I'm like you. I'm a more creative type of person, and I think there's there's this interesting dichotomy with creative entrepreneurs where a lot of our passion fuels us. But sometimes we also have to learn those granular things as well. And that might not be my favorite thing, but it's something I've had to like become intimate with, uh, even if it's on a surface level. But I at least have to know what I'm doing there. Totally. Well, I always say, like, remember, like, if you want to run a creative business, it's a creative business. Right? <laughs> like, I love that. It's great that, you know, you think, you, you think, like, you know, I, I thought I was really good at what I did. I was fast. I was talented. Like, People love my work. I was like, well, what else do I need? That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's so true. That's so true. And it's that's not true. true. Yeah, and, and <laughs> that's why I love I love meeting people like you because it's it, we're in a great city for it. But then uh, the way the world is going, you, you just have to sort of be. You have to know many things. You know, beyond just being creative, it takes a lot to get that creative that everybody sees as successful. But you have to know the audience. You have to know what they like. You have to know the time that they consume your content and when they buy it and then what you're doing to position yourself there. So, you know, it's all a full uncompassionate thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, it frightens me a little bit because we, we're kind of coming up on this economy of, um, you know, freelancers or solopreneurs or, you know, whatever the term of the day is, really. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's a little deceiving because um, there's this, this sort of drive towards, like, entrepreneurship. Right. And everybody's an entrepreneur, and anybody can be an entrepreneur. And it's kind of this myth, frankly, um, that's at least in New York. I'm, I'm sure you see it too. It's, it's kind of overtaking everything, right? Where everybody's got a, their own idea that they're they're you know trying to roll with. And on the one hand, it's super admirable, but I think on the other hand, there's just it's so naive to think that you know um, just be, and, you know it's like everybody has ideas. Yeah. Um, but how many people actually turn into a successful business? And you know, I'm always sort of wary every time I hear like a friend or a, a relative or um, God, you know, somebody I, I meet mentoring, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, it's a business." And it's like, you really think that through? <laughs> really <laughs> so think even that as a freelancer, like you have to get your own taxes done. You know what I mean? Like you, you have to save your receipts and. Be diligent about your bookings. And, like, you know, even freelancing comes with its own set of kind of, like, administrative headaches. And, uh, you know, it's just not that easy. Like, sure, you can fumble through and then, like, you know, be six months late on your taxes every year. And I guess it works for some people. But, um, yeah, I just kind of feel like there's this almost, like, mythological easy way to 
entrepreneurship that doesn't actually exist, but that seems to be really popular these days. Yeah, no, I, 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 I you know, that's I love that you said that because the narrative out there is that, you know, it's almost like you, it's a sexy story, um, you know, rags and riches, this guy did his thing and all of a sudden he's now, you know, uh, the richest person in the world and she's the same thing and it took her only six, seven months. But that's not the case. It takes a lot of mistakes. It takes a lot of second tries and a lot of third tries and a lot of long nights and a lot of people telling you, no, are you crazy? And you learning from those mistakes and pivoting and repositioning yourself before you actually get there. Um, that overnight story, success story is more of a myth. You know, it could take years, it could take months, but it's not one defined formula. It's an undefined creative. As you, yeah. You, you, well, also, yeah. there you go. <laughs> also the millions. You know, like I have such, I, I have such beef with that, frankly, because, you know, I'm not making millions. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that I'll ever make millions. You know, our idea is we're, we're three people right now. And we're hoping to maintain a sustainable business where everyone can make a salary that's suited for living in New York City. You know, there's just, again, there's this sort of idea that, like, you know, entrepreneurship, like, millions and investors and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, like, I'm just running, like, a cute little small business over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hear you. I hear you. Um, and I'm glad, I'm glad that you got to highlight that. Uh, but, but I guess, wow, I can't even believe this. But there's so many things I wanted to get with you, and I definitely didn't want to lose time. But one thing that I want to talk about with you, Maria, is your emphasis on giving back. I think that's so admirable. I mean, it basically is the bedrock of a lot of what you do. Why Why is it that you want to make your business focus on giving back in in some sense? Um, so I never had mentors growing up. Um, I had an immigrant mom who had no idea of how to help me, even you know, with her best effort, it still fell short because she had no idea of how to navigate the system, what the system was about, and that went from anything from junior high school to high school to, to college, you know, she did the best she could, but ultimately there was no one in my family that I can turn to my circle of friends. They were all my age and we were all equally clueless. The internet didn't exist. So you couldn't just Google it and get an answer. Um, I couldn't really afford to take on internships and, and things like that. So I just, you know, stumbled through best I could and I was very fortunate, um, you know, eventually along the way, I did meet people who had a tremendous influence on me, both creatively and professionally. Um, but, you know, at one point I realized that I actually was incredibly lucky and I had a successful career. Um, and, you know, it just kind of seemed like that the mistakes before were kind of seemed selfish to hold on to them because if somebody else could learn from any of the mistakes that I made, like if I could save um, you know, a 20 year old kid, a little bit of like failure and wasted effort, then why not do it? So, um, and I think it's also the, the communist in me, frankly, <laughs> like, this whole idea of, you know, we are one society, one community. Um, I should give back and, um, I should volunteer for things. And, uh, it just took me a while to find the best way to use my time. Um, and so now we do a combination of um, some pro bono work that we do at the studio. And then on my own, I do a lot of mentoring and, and um, writing and speaking and so forth. Because, you know, frankly, I, I also enjoy it. Um, so um, that's kind of the, the long and the short of it is. No. <laughs> no, if, I, I love it. things worked out for you, 
if things worked out for you, then reach out and lend a hand to somebody else. It's as simple as that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think um, the, the best way to change the future is to see how we're raising the kids of today and the youth of today. Um, so you, you, you're definitely, um, definitely doing that. And I want to thank you for doing that. And uh, where can people find out more about you if they're interested in seeing your speaking, your work, your writing, all that kind of stuff? So on Twitter, my handle is uh, Riaskaya, R-I-A-S-K-A-Y-A. It's first name, last name, clues together. And um, as of the end of January, I'm going to be pretty active on Medium. That is the plan. I just think it's a great publishing platform. And I've got a lot of past content and a lot of content that I'm working on now that I'm going to be pushing out there to be, you know, a little bit more in control of um, just my own uh, content and my own storytelling. Um, and then on divinecreative.com for anybody who's actually interested in the work that we do, uh, I would say those are the best, uh, the best spots to find me at the moment. Absolutely. And I'll make sure to put that in the show notes on divinecreative.com if you want to learn about the power of motion. Um, uh, you know, Maria is obviously very multidimensional, so she can, you know, she can do things from being the artist she is, being the educator she is, being a public speaker she is, and just this pro bono paid forward give backer. <laughs> that, That's that, a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> that she defines herself as. But um, uh, I cannot let you go, Maria. Not yet, not yet. Because our mission statement right here in the As Told by Nomads podcast is, is use your difference to make a difference. It's the reason why I wake up every day. It's the reason why I'm, I'm you know, inspired by using media to sort of help people um, bridge the gap between the globalized world that we live in and the digital world that we live in. I want people to embrace the individuality within that. So I ask my guests every week how they are particularly using their difference to make a difference. How do you do that? Um, you know, I think 10 years ago that would have been impossible for me to answer because I, I just would have felt like all I'm doing all day is work for hire and there's not much else to it. Um, but I think, you know, for me, the, the, all of the pro bono and the free work that I do, you know, between the, again, going back to the writing and the speaking, like, um, you know, all that stuff, I don't get paid for it. It is totally a, a sort of passion side project. Um, and the only reason I do it and the only reason I continue to do it is because there's an audience out there that appreciates it. And, um, you know, nothing feels better than having someone email me and say, hey, you know what, you let a roundtable or I read your article and I just want to thank you because that really helped me in some way. And, you know, for for as little um, of a network as I have, um, you know, it, I want to grow it and, you know, eventually reach more, uh, more people. But um, even that, you know, if it makes a difference for one, one person, to me, that's still huge. No, no, I, I love it. And, and it's, you know, it shines through in your voice. I can hear your passion. And um, I want to say thank you, Chris. I always feel like I'm I'm the one that's selfishly getting a lot of knowledge as I'm interviewing people because I, you all are all fascinating individuals from different backgrounds. And, um, you know, you're spending time with, with us here on a Saturday at 4.41 p.m. So thank you for being gracious with your time. And uh, I can't wait to put this out there. I'm going to make sure all your links are in show notes and people can uh, take a look at the amazing work that you do. Thank you so much. It's a, it's, this is another incredible opportunity. So thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, until next week, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads 
podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.